Hello everyone and welcome to Aspic AMR video podcast series. And uh, as public health is one of our major uh, concerns of outreach, uh, this is the time we reach out to you with the experts, guidelines and uh, information uh, on COVID-19. And for this, we have brought to you a series of series on COVID-19 and public engagement. Uh, this is the third episode of our series focusing on uh, the mucormycosis, a fungal infection which is gaining a lot of relevance uh, during this COVID-19 pandemic. For this, we have with us uh, Dr. Raksha Kepat, who is uh, the, uh, who is the uh, consultant and head of the microbiology department at St. Martha's Hospital. So uh, let's go on and discuss with her the uh, basic information and also clear all our doubts uh, related to mucormycosis. So first of all, uh, we are very happy to have you on this uh, session, ma'am. Thank you for accepting our invitation. Thank you. Thank you so much for calling me. Greetings from Martha's Hospital and uh, eager to have this podcast. I hope that we can clarify a lot of doubts through this uh, session. And yeah, we can start off. Thank you for calling. Thank you, ma'am. Before moving on, I would like to just uh, have a chit chat with you. Uh, So how is your Sunday going? (laughs) Yeah, see, uh, Sundays are... uh, a kind of uh, weekdays only now in the hospitals for us right now with the pandemic. It's been almost one and a half years. With the first wave of COVID pandemic, we just had COVID cases to handle. But now uh, the topic assets today have already started off mucormycosis. We are having a lot of secondary infections, secondary fungal infections, bacterial infections. Kind of now the second wave, the cases are coming down, but the challenges what we are facing in the hospitals are quite different with regards to antimicrobial prescribing, fungal infections, critical care. So these are the challenges currently which we are having. So Sundays are no less busy. <laughs> so that's fine. So let's move on to our uh, questions. So basically, what are uh, fungal infections and uh, what conditions like cause, uh, like uh, predispose us to the fungal infections? And can you give us a brief note on that, uh, like with an Indian perspective? Uh, See, when we talk about microbes per se, we know that there are bacteria, there are viruses, there are fungi basic things what we have learned in biology right like we humans they are also a part of the environment so when we talk about fungal infections per se what is the common uh, incidence or prevalence in the community as such we don't see uh, so many fungal infections regularly unless the host that is the patient that's the per, uh, person who is coming to the hospital is either uh, immunocompromised that means to say his immunity is low which could be uh, due to uh, reasons such as uh, say he is a cancer or she is a cancer patient on chemotherapy or a diabetic or is on steroids for any reason or uh, is 
already undergoing some sort of therapy or having some sort of comorbidity his health is already compromised so usually per year you would have around 6 to 10 cases of mucor but now with covid we are seeing a sudden surge in india across the country as we are seeing right so there's a lot of uh, pathophysiology is what we call the interaction between the virus and the host which is predisposing the patients to develop these sorts of fungal infections so usually this is found in patients who are immunocompromised like i already mentioned so it's not mm. very common but with this recent search we are seeing it in a group of patients who are already affected by covid and are recovering post covid who are developing these infections so what about the other fungal infections now we are just listening to mucormycosis so there are other fungal infections which affect humans so what about those in uh, india like previously and how how was the status of those disease before covid or currently also how how is the status uh see when we talk about fungal infections per se like i already said patients who are immunocompromised now coming to the kind of infections uh like uh, say you can classify this fungal infections into those which affect the skin soft tissue say a small ringworm infection that you get starting from there to subcutaneous infections all these infections what you are seeing now mucormycosis aspergillus these are all uh, deep seated infections unless the patient has a immune uh, uh, condition looking at what kind of infections were common before covid uh, just to cite a few infections say uh, candida candida is one of those fungus it's a yeast like cell which causes uh, uh, say uh, in patients who are admitted in the icu uh it can cause a, a sepsis blood stream infection or a urinary tract infection this is one of the common infections which we saw in patients candida then we have aspergillus aspergillus is another fungus which causes say lung infections uh so these were the common infections which we noticed initially like you know in in a hospital setting outside the hospital you would have a small uh, uh, say a, a skin infection or you know that's all i mean but now when you look at mucor mucor is something which we saw one or two cases in a year max maybe in a big hospital uh, it could be around uh, say 6 to 10 cases in a year mm-hmm. so this was the spectrum in india it was uh, not like this before only in the last two months we are f- facing this uh, surge of mucor cases so can you uh, describe to us the uh... causally agent of mucormycosis and how the basic symptoms and infection would look like uh see when it uh, comes to mucormycosis as the term says uh, mucor mucor is one just one of the name in the uh, list of fungi which can cause mucormycosis scientifically there are about 10 to 12 uh, fungi with different names which can cause mucormycosis which colloquially now is called black fungus isn't it now mucormycosis what happens is this fungal agent this fungi is generally present in the environment if you keep your food outside say your or your refrigerator is not working you would see some black spores which are there on the bread or mo- which we call as molds 
now this is what is present outside now what happens if a patient or a person his immunity is low and he is already say diabetic or on high dose of steroids this fungi is already present in the environment he can inhale them once the fungi enters the respiratory tract it starts colonizing inside now since his immunity is low and the fungi is colonizing what happens one uh, activity this fungi is known to cause is angio invasion which means to say it invades the blood vessel so once it starts invading a blood vessel it can enter any organ so what could be the uh, presentation for a patient who is having a mucor in the initial stages he can develop uh, say a blocked nose or a sense of heaviness in his uh, sinuses or say if it affects the eye he, his vision might be affected or mm -hmm. he or she might have a headache now the critical part here is the time of reporting to the hospital why are we fearing mucormycosis one thing is once it sets in the infection sets in the progression can be very fast and the mortality rate is almost 50% so a patient who has mucor infection can have all these signs and symptoms say of a blocked nose or say a bleeding through a nose or some sort of discharge which is coming out through the nose heaviness in the sinuses vision may might be affected headache now all these are the signs and symptoms of something called as a rhino cerebral orbital mucormycosis that means to say your sinuses nose eyes the upper part of your respiratory tract is affected now if the other organs are affected not just this part you can have a lung being affected which is pulmonary mucormycosis the skin can be affected which can, it is called again uh, skin uh, dermato uh, uh, logical manifestation or the kidneys might be affected basically any organ can be affected by mucormycosis not just these organs so somebody who comes with these symptoms these are the warning signs so uh, basically like how do you diagnose if, if someone these with these presentations or symptoms come to the hospital how is it diagnosed and what are all the uh, general treatment measures that are uh, uh prescribed for the patient yeah now uh, uh, talking about the diagnosis of mucormycosis one thing is early identification uh thanks to these educational activities and the iec materials that everybody is sharing around people are aware that these cases are coming up and somebody uh, with risk factors or uh, uncontrolled diabetes high dose of steroids or some sort of uh, illness or immunocompromised condition you need to know that you can be at a risk of developing this that is one thing second thing notice your the early warning signs headache loss of vision discharge coming through the nose bleeding heaviness in the uh, cheek or head having a headache these are the clinical signs and symptoms so you have your clinical features uh visit the doctor if you develop all these signs and symptoms second thing is uh, radiological signs which we call which we can uh, diagnose by taking a x ray or a scan ct scan mri scan which your doctors uh, will prescribe once you visit them third thing is uh, taking the correct sample 
for testing in the lab, which is the microbiological diagnosis. So if somebody is having uh, signs and symptoms of mucormycosis, what the doctor will do is refer uh, you to an anti-surgeon or maybe himself, take a sample of the tissue material or a high nasal swab. Usually the tissue material is preferred. So what we do is we take that tissue and send it to the lab. In the lab, what the lab uh, does is this, uh, there are two sections, which could be a microbiology and histopathology. What we do is we take this tissue material and we look for this fungi under the microscope. So what we do is uh, this tissue is put under different stains. Uh, it could be a potassium hydroxide stain or a, a say calcofer white stain or uh, some staining, which are called as gomori methanamine stain. So what we do is we try to look for this fungi under microscope. Technically speaking, these hyphae are called broad aseptate hyphae. They look like ribbons under the microscope. So we try to identify whether these are there or not. Try to grow this fungi. We culture them. So what we do is we culture them under the caused by fungi or is it just a colonization? So once it starts growing, we know, okay, this is this particular species of mucor which is causing mucor mycosis. So this report is necessary to call, okay, this infection is due to mucor mycosis. So there are three components to the diagnosis. One is your clinical signs and symptoms, which the patient will come to the hospital with. Second thing is your uh, X-ray or CT scan or MRI scan, which are the radiological uh, tests which the doctor will ask. Third thing is your microbiological and histopathological diagnosis. In histopathology, we also do biopsies. So we can see how much the fungi is invading the tissue. Now, with this diagnosis, your doctor will decide what is the next line of treatment. So as you were mentioning about uh, various clinical manifestations and symptoms, what will be the basic uh, treatment? Like, can it be just subsided with drugs or are there any other things necessary for this to overcome the infection? Uh, uh, when we talk about the treatment of uh, mucor mycosis per se, there are uh, two things important here. One is your surgical line of management, wherein the surgeons and the ENT uh, people come into picture. And uh, second thing is your medical line of management, wherein you use antifungal drugs. Now, when it comes to surgical therapy, first thing is, this is a one, we, uh, one thing we need to understand is this is a life-saving surgery. Like I already mentioned, this fungus invades the tissue. So once it sets in, it will invade the blood vessels and it can reach various organs. It can cause a lot of complications. So basically what the surgeon will try to do is try to uh, remove this fungus and the necrotic tissue which is already damaged. So uh, maybe a patient uh, who is already under a severe stage might require severe uh, uh, so, you know, uh, tissue debridement, what we call in technical terms, wherein uh, two to three revision surgeries might be needed, wherein plastic surgeons have to come into picture and uh, um, set right the damage that is already done, which could be a severe stage. But not all of us reach that stage. Initially, if you know these warning warning signs, we have had patients wherein we identified them at an early stage and uh, not much of damage was done. So it depends on the stage of the disease in which the patient comes. So uh, if it is in the initial stages, 
with the uh, small surgeries like what we call debridement the mucus tissue which is already damaged can be removed minimal surgery is necessary but surgery has to be done this is your surgical line of management this will be based on the scan reports how much is the invasion what all organs have been damaged so surgical line of treatment is a must okay second is your medical line of management wherein we are using some drugs called as antifungals now what are the antifungals available one thing is amphotericin b now these are available in this is available in two formats one is liposomal amphotericin second is plain amphotericin now liposomal amphotericin is preferred uh, although this is uh, what we call it is uh, nephrotoxic that means to say it affects the kidney but these drugs one thing is they are very costly but they are uh, needed this is the only line of therapy it might go on to 6 to 12 weeks for treatment so also uh, what happens is uh, if it is not given at the right time only surgery might not be enough so either liposomal amphotericin b if it is not available which is what we are facing now an acute shortage of this antifungal plain amphotericin b can be used there are other antifungals called as uh, posaconazole isovaconazole all these antifungals can be used but the duration of therapy is quite long it can be almost 6 to 12 weeks so these are the two lines of management for mucormycosis but uh, as you are telling uh, is surgery uh, like essential or if if patients initially can observe themselves and recognize the early warning symptoms and come to the hospital very quickly or approach a doctor very quickly uh, then only with the medi medicines uh, like amphotericin and or other antifungal agents will it be enough or they also are required to go for surgical intervention see one thing is this fungi is quite invasive once we uh, do a, a microscopy uh, test and see okay mucor is present and then we do uh, say a x ray of the sinuses and see okay mucor is there but how much is it invading how much damage has already been done we are, we look at that and the ent surgeon decides how much of surgery to be done maybe uh, a little mucosal tissue invaded okay we can only scrape out that tissue and say we'll watch watch out for further progression but what happens is this fungi doesn't give us so much time like i said it's progressing very fast so early signs and symptoms if you identify the minimum possible surgery would be maybe a, a, a say a sinus examination and debridement of the mucosal tissue but sadly we are not seeing patients in that early stage we are seeing patients who have already lost their vision or have some sort of bleeding through the nose so that's why uh, we are trying to tell patients come to the hospital early when you have early warning signs it can progress within a matter of 2 to 3 days and uh, it can be quite bad for patients in a matter of week we have seen patients even uh, lose life so early warning signs it's a must to uh, for the patients to identify also taking considering like considering early warning signs are very important also highlighting a point that amphotericin is like the drug with side effects so it's not advised for people to consume as such without uh, yes. consulting a doctor always under prescription and also to watch out for the sugar levels uncontrolled diabetes high use of steroids 
see steroids are something which are not to be uh, taken over the counter once a doctor prescribes there is a regimen that means to say they need to be tapered many of these patients who are coming are on a high dose of steroids for weeks without being monitored and sugar levels which are quite high so these are the two risk factors which we are commonly seeing in mucormycosis cases the other issues which we are getting around to like uh, hear from patients is is it from the oxygen mask is it from the hospital from patient to patient one thing i would like to clarify is mucor doesn't spread from patient to patient second thing is oxygen mask and your regular mask what you are using of course you have to uh, maintain the sterility that means to say ensure that whatever mask that you are using is uh, cleaned especially the cloth mask which if you are continuously using ensure that you are washing it with uh, hot water and soap and if you are uh, using disposable mask there are people who are using the n95 mask for days they are already black outside so you ensure that they are disposed of in a correct way don't use it over and above the prescribed duration so uh, these fungi what happens is once you wear a mask the humidity can set in inside so it can colonize and it can invade the sinuses so a good level of hygiene respiratory hygiene is important controlling your sugars controlling your medications under doctor's guidance so all this is important post covid so just deviating little bit from the topic uh, i would just like to ask like as you are telling antifungal drugs are given for this infection have you ever come across any case that won't work like that won't respond for the antifungals that are being given and and if it like is there any form of resistance as as we can see in uh, uh, like bacterial infections antibiotic resistance is there any form of antifungal resistance uh, with respect to mucormycosis or also in general uh, see when we talk about antifungal resistance as such uh, antibiotics when we talk about they uh, we uh, see that uh, a lot of uh, antibiotic resistant strains are being found and all that but when it comes to antifungal we don't prescribe antifungals that routinely unless say it's a candida infection or an aspergillus infection but here for us the important thing is to know what species of the fungi is causing infection some of them are inherently resistant to these antifungals the common antifungals which we use are uh, say amphotericin b azoles fluconazole voriconazole all these azoles Uh, which we are commonly prescribing for uh, candida we know need to know the species of candida which it is uh, uh, for which we are prescribing uh, these antifungals they can be inherently resistant of course when we misuse these uh, antifungals there is a chance of uh, these uh, fungi developing resistance to this um, now with the current surge in cases there is high probability of people misusing this so i would like to stress on the fact that don't take these antifungals unless it is prescribed by the doctors for you it is it has no preventive role so taking these uh, antifungals will not uh, prevent uh, fungal infections it has to be under a doctor's prescription yeah that should be stressed more because people might think like if they take it earlier they might yes. not contract disease or infection in future uh, times so 
Also, uh, we are listening a lot on other fungal infections that are coming up, like uh, with the names of yellow fungus or white fungus. Uh, so what about these things? Can you just uh, briefly tell us about these infections? Yeah, so uh, just on a lighter note, we have had uh, about three uh, colors now. Uh, black uh, fungus, white fungus, yellow fungus. So like a colors of the rainbow, no? We were waiting for the other colors. When is blue going to come, green going to come, red going to come. So just adding a scientific point of view to this. See, when we talk about black fungus as such, what does this black mean? In terms of mucor mycosis, what is this mucor doing? It's damaging the tissue. So the tissue becomes necrotic because the blood vessels are being damaged. So that when the tissue becomes necrotic, the tissue becomes black in color. So if you would have seen pictures where patients are having mucor mycosis, having a scab over the face or a disfigured face, which is black in color, right? So that's why media started coining this term as black fungus. So when this infection is, some, is at a, some other site and there's some sort of discharge coming out, say, uh, uh, some pustular discharge is coming out, which is in like you know in the color of white. Then they started calling it white fungus. When it was when the pus was like yellow in color, they started calling it yellow fungus. Now this has nothing to do with the fungus per se. It's just the clinical feature. So there's nothing termed as black, yellow, or white in fungi, unless microbiologists or scientists who are working on it and know the species. This black fungus technically. Uh, in microbiology is for some other species, which uh, is due to the presence of melanin in the fungus. Melanin is something like, uh, say, our hair or skin, where we have this pigment. If that melanin pigment is present, we call that fungi black fungi, which is completely different from mycosis. So they are all different fungi species. So there's nothing called as black fungus in terms of mycosis. It's just the clinical presentation. Now. White and yellow fungus also, by terms of media, could be the same mycosis presenting in the same way, just that the discharge was yellow or white in color. One common misconception which people had was, oh, white fungus could be candida, yellow fungus could be aspergillus. Now, see, these are all different species of fungus, which cause different infections. So candida usually causes an oral thrush. There's a white patch inside the mouth or a, say it could be a, a vaginal candidiasis. It's a genital infection where the discharge is white. So these are all misconceptions. There are two things to this. The context to which it is being told to the general public through newspapers or social media. So a fear sets in, a kind of panic sets in. Once you know these terminologies, the scientific terminologies, there is clarity. I don't think there should be any reason to fear. If you can identify the early warning signs and come to the doctor as soon as these signs and symptoms develop. So there is treatment to this. It is not that, uh, you know, there are more fungi to come. There is no red or yellow, like, you know, blue, blue green, no fungi like that. Uh, I right think it's now. what happened. Like the description yeah. started changing. One day yeah. it was reported as black fungus and there's other kind of manifestations and it was white and so people started thinking like there might others other colors are to come. So that was a, a misconception. So, yeah. So 
uh, one more very important question is all of a sudden why we are seeing so much cases of mucormycosis like is it something related to covid 19 or uh, is it due to uh, like uh, the therapy or uh, the drugs which we are taking to overcome for covid 19 is it causing mucormycosis as you were already mentioning that the usage of steroids and the high level of glucose are like predisposing for fungal infections so can you talk little bit more on that um see when we are talking about the sudden surge of mucor cases now why why is it so there are many aspects to this one thing is uh, the kind of patients which you are seeing with mucormycosis these are the people who had covid in the past which was uh, say 2 to 3 months ago and uh, they are coming to the hospital now with these signs and symptoms when we look at their history what has happened the risk factors what we have seen is uncontrolled diabetes like i already mentioned high dose of steroids these are two important factors which we have seen uh, the steroid prescriptions uh, have been quite rampant not monitored so these are the two factors which we have uh, commonly seen second thing is uh, the kind of uh, environments that they live in uh, the masks that have been used the respiratory hygiene third thing is uh, inside the hospital once they get admitted they can, they can uh, be there in the hospital for a prolonged duration so the kind of infection control practices in the hospital whether the oxygen masks the cannula the sterilization precautions that have been followed in the hospital whether they were adequate now all these risk factors have contributed to this sudden surge of cases now why covid cases we have had cancer patients before we have had uh, immunocompromised patients diabetic patients before why suddenly with covid now all these factors together it's not just one have contributed together to add to this spectrum now as we all know india is a diabetic capital of the world we have a high load of diabetic uh, patients in this country second thing covid now what we have heard various theories with covid is it has a special predilection to ace2 receptors which we already know there are various theories going around uh, with the current uh, scientific literature what uh, is being cited is it can affect the pancreas covid 2 affects the ace2 receptor so it has some re- uh, correlation with sudden surge in diabetes also so and uh, steroids now all these factors interact together and that's why this sudden surge in mucor cases so i th- hope that answers the question why with covid cases sudden rise in uh, mucormycosis so it's better to avoid peak uh, drugs without the consulting doctors like taking uh, yes. steroids or prophylaxis like in order to avoid contracting disease in future like uh, people might consider that because if they get in contact with some person whom they hear like he was or he or she became positive then they just start consuming the drugs which were given to that person just by yes. taking the list from whatsapp so that has become very much more so if people can avoid that and just consult doctor as quickly as possible whenever you feel uh, you have some infection or you have some symptoms that would avoid all the further complications very much 
Yes. And also uh, stressing one more point, like you were telling, this mucomycosis is not uh, communicable. Like it will not spread from person to person. Like if if we have a person who is infected in our home or somewhere, so what care should be taken by others who are just assisting him or her on uh, the like course of recovery? Uh, see, uh, as I already mentioned, mucor doesn't spread from person to person. If a person is already affected with the COVID, post-COVID, and has developed mucor, uh, he would definitely seek uh, hospital care. He would undergo some sort of surgical line of therapy and uh, medical uh, management. One thing is post-recovery uh, for mucor mycrosis, uh, the focus should be on uh, the wound care, how much of tissue damage has been done and how much of surgery has been, do been done for the patient. He or she might require multiple revision surgeries depending on the area that is involved. Most commonly, we are seeing the face being involved. So uh, a lot of uh, surgical procedures might be needed. So definitely, it is uh, uh, something which can be psychologically taxing for the patient. So a lot of family support and uh, all that is needed for the patient. Second thing is the wound care. Maintain a good level of hygiene. And uh, if possible, ensure that the dressings are being done frequently as per the doctor's advice. Uh, any sort of, uh, uh, during the uh, course of recovery, if there is any sort of new discharge coming, new symptoms and symptoms, Please report to the doctor again. Third thing is, don't panic. Uh, it there are uh, there are uh, a lot of patients who have lost their vision, lost their eye, have got undergone disfigurement of the face, who have recovered and who have recovered very well. A lot of plastic surgeons and neurosurgeons are helping patients to recover. And see, basically, we are trying to save a life here. With even fifty percent mortality rate, we are having patients who are recovering. So the stressing on the fact, again, early warning signs. Earlier you report, the lesser the tissue damage. So better the recovery chance. So infection control, not just in the hospital, even in, the, even in, in your house when the patient is at home. Ensure that the wound care, the personal hygiene, diet, everything is taken care of as per the doctor's advice. And maintain the medications, the steroids, the diabetes control, everything has to be under the doctor's prescription. So collectively, you have told many things which have to be taken care of. But even then, uh, people are uh, fearful. Like if they are already once COVID positive, uh, listening to this mucomycosis infection, they are having fear that they might also get the infection. So finally, uh, can you just uh, elaborate on the fact that uh, like what care should be taken by a COVID positive like who is recovered and who has got a negative report once. So uh, will he be more prone to mucomycosis or what care he or she has to take in order to just be safe? Uh, see now uh, what has happened is uh, officially uh, mucomycosis is considered as a notifiable disease under a government's epidemiological disease act which has been uh, 
now brought upon by the various state government saying that any kind of mucormycosis case which is being reported in uh, in the hospital has to be notified by the government there's a lot of support from the government and private hospitals also regarding early identification of these cases so no need to panic all the doctors and nurses in the hospital are aware of these uh, cases that are coming up and also from the patient side like i already mentioned know your early warning signs if you are recovered from covid and during the course of recovery say about 2 to 3 months down the lane after the covid recovery has set in watch out for these signs and symptoms uh, heaviness in the cheeks some sort of blocked nose uh, loss of vision headache now these are the signs and symptoms which a patient can develop please come and visit the doctor if you have these signs and symptoms developing post covid your doctor will look into it examine your uh, ear uh, your nose throat and see if this requires any sort of investigations further some x ray scans any microbiological tests so if these are done at the right time when you come to the doctor at the right time things can be handled well only if the disease progresses more then we go into surgical line of management so uh, no need to fear unless it goes into that stage so watch out for these signs and symptoms for the 3 or 4 months post covid recovery and it's not that everybody who has got covid is going to develop this disease there has to be some risk factor say diabetes is uncontrolled steroid usage is rampant not being controlled so only those patients who have not being monitored in those lines can get into mucormycosis not all patients get into mucormycosis post covid so i think that would sum that up so i think uh, we have sufficiently covered most of the points and uh, with the take home message of not getting frightened uh, so that you you may get mucormycosis because you had covid or because it's just being reported in news or something else just watch out for these signs and symptoms and follow personal hygiene and also uh, when you are uh, considering any of the medications that are related to covid or in general also it's very wrong to self medicate yourself uh, without contacting or uh, without getting uh, suggestions from a, a qualified doctor so with this i would just like to ask you ma'am uh, what will be your message for all of us who are listening to uh, this podcast like generally in this tough times we are undergoing um see uh, one thing is this uh, covid pandemic is there's nothing like a beginning or end of this covid is one virus we have a lot of microbes going around we also have the problem of antimicrobial resistance which we are all aware of which is another silent pandemic which is going on a lot of viruses and bacteria are going to come but uh, the fear should be there but it has to be a good fear what to do what not to do and everything has to be under supervision of healthcare professionals a lot of uh, things which go around in the media self prescriptions then uh, a lot of uh, things which uh, in relation to say um, Uh, new variants of covid and all that a lot of news comes so uh, uh, when you 
get some information always verify the authenticity of this information especially when you are sharing it on social media and uh, get in touch with your doctors for any sort of therapy or treatment for any doubts uh, with regards to antimicrobial resistance what i would want to add is of course mucor cases we are seeing a lot of multi drug resistant pathogens also we are seeing which is not being reported in many hospitals we are having multi drug resistant acinetobacters multi drug resistant klebsiellas which are causing pneumonias say a ventilator associated pneumonia in patients who are admitted in the icus see uh, many of us 80% of us are recovering from covid another 15 to 20% of them are in the icus who are battling this pandemic for months together now these are the patients who are being affected with this antimicrobial resistance so don't forget your other pathogens as well also problems like tuberculosis many of us are not coming to the hospital despite having cough and all sorts of symptoms which are uh, uh, pointing towards tuberculosis any sort of illness covid or otherwise please visit your doctor and uh, seek hospital care don't have the fear that Oh, COVID cases are going on. Let's not go to the hospital right now. No, please seek healthcare. Be it whatever illness that you are uh, having. So that is one point which I wanted to stress on. We are all forgetting the other infections which we are uh, dealing with right now. So definitely, yes, ma'am. But uh, there are also other sort of things like we can also uh, connect to doctors via Zoom or online yes. things, which are also very much more. So there is no need to. just give that reason of the surging covid that reason as not going to hospital or not going to clinics so thank you very much ma'am it was very nice uh, uh, having conversation with you and i hope uh, uh, all of us uh, are aware of this infection and the information what we uh, discussed so far and uh, we will definitely come out of what we are going now and uh, so we will just follow the covid appropriate behaviors as prescribed by the government always wear mask whenever you go outside please follow double masking and also sanitize your hands frequently or wash your hands with soap and water and always maintain physical distancing avoiding crowds so thank you very much